Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the NS9 post-game show, part of the League of Pittsburgh Baseball Now. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, Pirates lose 10-4. to 4. It, was, uh, it was a good game until it wasn't. It's a good way to put it. Um, it was a good game until really the bottom of the seventh, and then it all went to shit. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's also a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we could definitely talk about this one. It was, of course, the Atlanta Braves. Pirates have lost every game since the Diamondback series. That Charlie Morton matchup against Zach Thompson, our old friend Charlie, who looked, I mean, it, it was like a resemblance of like Roman Z a little bit, right? Like he was with it, like everyone was whiffing against him. He looked really, really good. It's just he was giving up runs. He gave up four runs, and the Pirates had a four to two lead at one point and things were looking pretty positive pretty good maybe the Pirates gonna sneak out a win today in atlanta and then like you mentioned the seventh inning came and that didn't happen well it was kind of interesting you had uh this was back when the game was going well you had charlie morton six innings yeah he gave up four runs but he struck out 12 and then who yeah. comes in to relieve charlie morton jesse chavez i don't know how right. jesse chavez is still in the league but uh yeah, okay, that is crazy. Is, like, just absolutely insane that that guy's still in the league. But he just finds um, himself on team. It's, it's similar to Oliver yeah. Perez. Like Perez was really, really good though. Like he was a very, very good starting pitcher at one time. Mm -hmm. He had some struggles, but as a lefty, he went in the bullpen. He found some success. Like Jesse Chavez, just I feel like just hangs on by like a thread every single year to like stay on a team, yeah. and every team finds a reason to need him. And yeah, like. And this is the World Series championship team, like we're talking about. He's playing for. This isn't the Pittsburgh Pirates that needed some arms. Like it's pretty much all competitive teams he's been playing for too. So yeah, shout out to Jesse mm -hmm. Chavez, still in Major League Baseball. Yeah, I, I think if you would have told me that after uh, after two thousand nine, <laughs> wouldn't have uh, right. wouldn't have thought that. So, well, that, that was funny. So you had yeah, Morton and Chavez pitching against the Pirates in a twenty twenty two game, which just astounds me but yeah let's get to the game um you know, what do we want to start off with zach thompson well yeah let's let's definitely do that yeah um zach thompson another strong start five innings uh two runs given up yep and uh two home runs in the first they were both in the first inning two solo home runs in the first inning then he settled down um put up a zero in innings two through five um I don't know what it is about him. Like he's switched to this cutter. He's throwing it 86, 87 miles an hour and uh, people can't hit it. They can't hit his 86 mile an hour cutter. It's it's no, it baffles my mind. He, he's not, he didn't get any swings and misses on it today. Right. But uh, yeah, that cutter it's working for well, him. Like they're not even swinging much at it either. 
Yeah, they, yeah, they only swung. Well, they swung nine times today at it out of twenty-five. But uh, yeah, and that's just just absolutely kind of crazy. He didn't throw too many. No. When they swung at it, they made contact, and then when they didn't swing at it, it was pretty much a ball for the most part. Uh, but uh, but no, shout out to Zach Thompson. I didn't really have much um, faith in him going into this season. And really, yeah. ever since he switched that, where he's gone more cutter heavy, he looks like a completely different pitcher. He's getting, like, I don't know how it's happening, but he's getting the results. Uh, and he's been he's been very good since, you know, early May. Right. Solid, he like, really six has. or seven starts now where he's looked really good. Yes, he like, like you said, it's it's really day and night. Heading into this season, coming off that trade, um, I was very skeptic on how last year was. I mean, again, he's like a career minor leaguer. He was released by you know the White Sox as a minor leaguer, picked up as a minor leaguer for the the, the Marlins. Had a very very strong stretch with the Marlins, and I feel like a lot of his K's right. We talked came like his first two starts with the Marlins. Like that's what his K per nine like really shot up because of those two starts. So you know, eh, I, I don't know about Zach Thompson. Season starts, and I think we've been like validated. Like, yeah, Zach Thompson ain't it. And then all of a sudden, like you said, he changes his stuff. Like, again, like right around the same time, a JT Brubaker changed up a lot of stuff. Zach Thompson does, and he has looked really strong. And today, much of the same. Yes, those two solo home runs were given up, but really wasn't a whole lot of damage. The Pirates put up two solo home runs as well. It's a tied game. He finished out the start strong. Uh, and like, yes, he has been missing bats even today, 31% whiff rate. Um, you know, not on, yeah. on the cutter, as we just mentioned, but he is missing bats. Like he looks like a very capable pitcher, a lot better than, you know, you and I talked about heading into this year. So yes, with this start and again, right, this is a very good lineup. I thought it was a very productive start. I came out here still impressed with Zach Thompson that I still need to see a lot of, a lot of Zach Thompson this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he did the job today. Uh, we can, I'm sure we'll talk about it later on here, but, uh, I think Soon. they pulled him too early, right? Uh, <laughs> I don't, understand we'll, why. we'll get to that in a bit, but, uh, th I mean, the game started off great. Uh, first inning, the pirates jumped out and ahead, um, Brian Reynolds, second batter of the game, solo home run. And can we talk about Brian Reynolds June so far? Like he's, he's waking up that one game. He had those three hits and like none of them were good hits but i don't no. know if that like, is brian reynolds back like home run today double he, he scorched an opposite field double today he did get an infield single that was a little iffy but uh he's matt we need to see it Listen. sustained but like he seems pretty back right now listen man a lot of that first game was very weird right like those hits shouldn't have counted and like the one today at short probably shouldn't have counted as well but he's eight for 12 in atlanta what is it with pirate center fielders in some form or fashion right whether it's sitting like this series or playing the series what is it about pirate center fielders that games in atlanta get them going with kutch he needed to sit out back to back years with ryan reynolds apparently he's a play <laughs> so Going down Atlanta just solves and cures all the Pirate center fielders' woes. I don't know. Like you said, like this could be the start of something. Things were happening that shouldn't. Like luck fell on his way a lot, and maybe that's just enough to get him started. Like you said, also the home run today, he 
eight for 12 the series. Like, you can't really go also, much better than that. Like, I love how, I mean, Joe Block's one of my favorites for just tweeting out statistics that have no business really being <laughs> tweeted out. Right. But um, the one like he on put Major out League. today, the one he put out today about June, like Major League Baseball history, June batting average. Did you see that one? No, I didn't. All right. So highest it. career batting averages in June in baseball history. Number one, Shoeless Joe Jackson, 381. Number two, Lou Gehrig, 378. Number three, good names. Ty Cobb, number you know, 373. Number four, Brian Reynolds at 371. He's the fourth best hitter of all time in the month of June. And honestly, <laughs> of he, all went time, three, fam. he went three for four today. He probably is higher than Ty Cobb now. He just passed Ty Cobb. <laughs> so is he dubbed Mr. June? Is that Brian Reynolds? I mean, that list? Did you see the names I just mentioned? Right. Julius Joe, Ty Cobb, and Lou Gehrig, and then Brian Reynolds. I mean, it would be nice to one day see a Mr. October out of him, but you know, maybe maybe he's yes. Mr. June, and I'll settle for that for now. I'm cool with that, too. If he hits 370 this month, I can live with that. If he hits 370 this month, that will definitely get him going. Uh, he's at a 110 way to run creative plus right now. Uh, he was at a 101 before the game, so already up nine points in that situation. And like Tyler and I were talking back and forth. It's like when the season was going on, Tyler was like, I could see him maybe – Finishing this year like a 115, right? Which is still good, but not where he normally is, but how poor he started. If he bats 373 this whole month, I mean, maybe 125 is doable. Yeah, I mean, he's creeping up there. He's creeping up there. Um, yeah, hopefully he's back. I mean, this offense needs him to be back, right? We saw it today. Like, the offense looked a lot better today with him hitting a solo homer and then an RBI double. <laughs> yeah. They were I mean, winning until the seven way minutes, too right? much, but how much of a difference he can make. Goodness gracious. 16 strikeouts today as a team. After how many yesterday? 13 and 13. The 26 strikeouts in back-to-back games. So, and then what was it today? I didn't see the total count. 16 today. 16? So yeah. 42 strikeouts in three games? That's insane. That's it's absolutely crazy. insane. Yeah, that's not <laughs> that's ridiculous. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so so Reynolds, like I said, it's June. We're we're now mid June here. He's he's uh he's in the midst of a of a solid month and hopefully he can keep keep playing well. Uh Vogelbach also home run. He's been really bad since coming mm-hmm. back from the IL. So he hit a solo homer in the first inning today as well. Um so, yeah, it was 2 nothing going into the first. Thompson gives up the two homers in the first inning to tie it up at two. Uh, but then the Pirates get back in the lead in the fifth. Um, and really, it was just uh, they strung together some hits. Um, yeah. Which, like I said, we mentioned the red Reynolds double. That scored uh, mm-hmm. scored Heineman. I think Heineman got on with a, he got hit by a pitch. That- he got hit by a pitch, yeah. Yeah, by the hand, yep. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Reynolds doubled him in, and then Hayes, and then Hayes doubled in Reynolds. So, uh, game was going good, and then, like I said, then they take out Zach Thompson after five innings. So Thompson gives up the two runs in the first, four scoreless innings, 
take him out at 67 pitches and bring in Dwayne Underwood Jr. I don't understand that. Simply just do not understand that. He was pitching well. He didn't have a whole lot of like how was it again? 60, what was it 67? You said 67. 67 pitches. Yeah. So clearly it's it's not as if like uh, I mean we're talking about this is a clear difference between Rowan Z Contreras, who by the way had 83, right, in his start. Yeah. This isn't the guy that you're like babying or trying to monitor or whatever. I mean, he's a grown man. He can throw baseballs. I don't understand. And like the only thing I could take away is maybe, okay, he was going to have to face three, four, five. So maybe Shelton's playing ultra conservative. And it's like, listen, let's get him out now. Let's get him out now. But my thing is like, when you look at his, his last outing, like his last inning, he was still dominating. So here you go. All, the only so person who reached his, base that last inning was a strikeout. <laughs> right. Like it was a strikeout and then he reached on an air. Yeah. You look at it, it's foul, foul, singing, swinging strike, foul, swinging strike, swinging strike, called strike, swinging strike, and then in play out. That He was still on top of his game. Like this wasn't like I'm fearful now that it's the middle of the, the order. I got to get him out of here. He's still looking good. Let me keep pitching him. I don't understand, and I'll just take the floor here because I know you're, but like, I don't understand why Shelton made that move. Yeah. Um, I mean, his previous two outings, he went 96 pitches and 84 pitches. So it's not like, like he can, he can throw more than this, right? Uh, he was rolling. I just don't understand the move. I know you mentioned, you know, three, four, five, but like he, he handled, he didn't handle Riley the first time up, but he was, like I said, he was on a roll. There was a 4-2 lead. Send him back out there. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe have a short leash on him if you're thinking, maybe I don't want him to, to go out there or not. But there was no reason to pull him. I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I'm sure somebody will ask Shelton in the postgame show that's probably going on right now, but uh, in his postgame presser. <laughs> right, because I'd like to know like what his reasoning was on that. I mean, Underwood came in and got the job done in the sixth. Right, mm-hmm. it was when Underwood went back out for the seventh for a second inning of work. That's when things started to unravel. So, um, an eight-run bottom of the seventh inning for the Braves. They started off of Underwood. Underwood was just not having it <laughs> that second inning out. Uh, and then Chris Stratton came in and I'm still like, I, I saw a lot of people hating on Chris Stratton on Twitter. And it's like, Chris Stratton's not awful. They're like, he's, he, he had a bad game. Don't let me get, don't get me wrong there. Um, zero innings pitch. He got zero outs, gave up five runs. Um, but just an awful performance today between Underwood and Stratton eight runs right. in that capped off by an Aussie Albies grand slam that, uh, that kind of stuck the dagger in it. Um, that's going to hurt the run differential. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's another, yeah, six runs, but I mean, this is now what five, so five straight losses. So like you, you, you felt really good about that week they had that five and one week against the diamondbacks and the Dodgers. And now you, you, you leave that with now a five game losing streak. Now, what's Not funny good. about that, 
And I want to look at the the update here per se. Um, you know, yes, it, it's still the Pirates. I think most sane people were realizing this team isn't good. The, the playoff talk a lot was in jest, especially on my side. But I think what's funny about that is like this loss, this whole like entire loss streak that's happened. The whole NL Central has been losing too. Like what's funny is the Pirates are like still right there with everyone else. Uh, everyone else has lost. It is crazy. So St. Louis has won two in a row. Brewers have lost eight in a row. Pirates lost five in a row. Chicago's lost four in a row. Cincinnati's lost four in a row. So it's funny is like the Pirates haven't lost any ground actually. Like really they could have made ground in this time too, which is ironic. They could almost be in second place. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, Milwaukee has <laughs> gosh, eight game losing streak for Milwaukee. They were yes. in first place by I mean, they were in first place a few weeks ago. So yeah, right. they are reeling. I don't know what's going on with them. But yeah, NL Again, Central talking is, about uh, this mediocre division yeah, that I, somebody could capitalize on here soon. But anyways. Yeah. And that seems to be St. Louis. St. Louis is capitalizing. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Of course they are. They always do. Yeah. It's always them. Right. But anyways. Um, but yeah, I mean, Underwood, like I said, the second inning, just he, he pitched so well in that first inning. So I don't blame Shelton for, for sending him out for a second inning. Like I, 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 I understand the decision. It's something he's done multiple times. I get it. Mm. But, but if you would have just sent out Thompson for one more inning, you yes. could have pitched Underwood for just one. This is what's yes. killing me. And, and you know what? I just want to say that real quick here in a sense, because I know we have a little bit of differences. We talked about it last time with Underwood and such, and I still feel Underwood could be a very capable reliever. I still feel it. He is used in this multi-inning role. He was killed last year in the amount of innings he had to pitch and such. I just feel like if Underwood was used in more of a traditional role, not high leverage, Right, he's not going to go out there for this, the eighth and the ninth and such. But if he's going out there for just winning any time, he can be capable and get you through. I, I don't really have much because I've gone to last year, I've gone to everything, and again, he's been used so much last year that I hate to even use the numbers last year because he was pitching two outings every single time. It felt like, and his July yeah. was horrendous. But regardless, I feel like if he was used in a more traditional one inning role, he would be a much better pitcher and. Pirates fans wouldn't hate on him so much. That's all. And one today would have been a days, perfect example if Thompson would have went seven. Yeah, we're going to uh, a clean outing. Bednar comes in and you win the game. We need somebody to see what the math is on that. Like, what is what is Underwood like in the first inning as opposed to the second inning? You can't – so I can't find that. The closest I found, and just for this year, because, again, last year he was just used so many innings. This year, he's doing in the first 25 pitches. Guys are batting like just over 200 against him. And then 25 and over, they're batting like 280 on him. Okay. So you're able to break it down by pitch count, but just by pitch one through 25 and yeah, and 25 over, but not by like first inning, second inning. Yeah. But like like Dave's saying in the comments here, like I said, if, if Thompson just went six, like if you just put Thompson out one more inning and he's able to get through the sixth. Then that lines you up for a seventh, eighth, ninth that you want to do. Heck, if you if you wanted to, you could say, you know, Bednar could go out there for another six out save, right? You, like you would only need one he inning. Could have though, right? I mean, you could you could just need one inning. Bednar has shown he's capable of it, and 
And, and he hasn't pitched in a week. And Shelton, yeah, exactly. So if you really wanted to win this game, Thompson one more inning, then you would have just needed one more inning out of your bullpen to get to like a six out David Bednar save. Um, so I, I don't know why they, it, I don't understand why they took him out so early. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what Shelton's explanation is for that. Yes, I agree. Because I, because I, I get, I get there's like, there's math, right? There's math that says once you face that order a third time, you don't pitch as well, right? Like that's right. That's a statistic. Mm-hmm. Everybody can look it up. But you still need to manage to situations, right? Like that's like that's what happens on average, right? But like you need to be able to look at the game as a manager and decide, okay, is this going to be a situation where I maybe say, you know what, screw that. He's rolling. There's no reason to take him out right now. Right. Let's send them out there again. Right. Again, 67 pitches. I 67 pitches when you're rolling just is stupid. It's stupid to take somebody out that quick. Absolutely. We saw, Absolutely. We saw what happened today. And this is like, this is a perfect example. And like, I want to hit hard on the people like talked about analytics and how analytics ruin, ruin the game and such and whatever. Like, like you're right. Like the analytics do state that the third time through there's pretty much a, a big drop off. But the thing is, like, the analytics, like, that's an outline. Like, you're saying, like, this stuff is an outline. So you have that in your back of your head. You realize the third time through, you're probably looking to manage. Like, I have to probably make a decision here. But in this game, right, so now you take the in-game managing. Like, the analytics tell you this, and you realize that. But when you look in-game, like you mentioned, he is rolling. It's just 67 mm-hmm. pitches. And that last outing that he came out for in the fifth was, was tremendous. And it was still number one, two. Like, it was still the top of the lineup. You know, like, like it was Ronald Acuna Jr. that he faced, like, to get the last out. And right. it's not just an easy out to get. So he looked on top of his game. So understand what the analytics are. I know my manageable decision is I'm bucking that. Still in mind. So, you know, short leash now. But I'm putting him back out there. Let's go win this game. And he's the best option I have. And uh, like Dave says, and he's not too fond of Bednar going more than winning. And I get that, but he has shown he's capable of it. But I mean, yeah, you still have like Will Crow. You know, you could have brought in Will Crow for the eighth and then Bednar for the ninth, whatever it is. Still, yeah. as much as I say under what is capable, I still said I'm not talking about the eighth and ninth inning. You know, he's a guy to get you over. You might not even need to use him then, right? You're bringing Crow, right. you're bringing Bednar, game's one. Yeah. That, that's all you need. Like I said, the 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 facet, like the whole complexion of the game changes when your starter can get you to the seventh, whereas if it doesn't. Because like just getting right. that extra inning out of your bullpen, especially when if your bullpen isn't that deep, is hard sometimes. Like it's it's hard to pitch four innings scoreless. Like I mean a lot of things need to go right. You have to have a lot of guys who are on at the same time. The more you can limit the amount of innings that your your bullpen's throwing the more likely you are to win the game. Um, and, and, and yeah, like I said, the whole analytics thing, I get it. I, I'm, I'm very into analytics on the, on, on all this stuff. So like, I understand the, the rule and, you know, it, it's, it's maybe something that you stick to under certain circumstances, but again, like when, when you see a certain situation unfolding where a guy's shoving, basically he's at 67 pitches, 
you got to take that that one time instance and say, you know what, he can probably go through the third time this time. Like I, sure. I feel comfortable doing it. Um, and he's done that before. Yeah. I forget what it was, but there was an outing where he put him back out there, and I was like, you know what, like I love that because that showed confidence in, and I know it's specifically Thompson. Again, I forget which start it was, but I was like, I, I like that move. Like he showed confidence, Thompson put him back out there, and he he succeeded. I don't know why you wouldn't well, he, do it this time. Yeah, and then he did it with Brew Baker um, on Thursday. Yes, too, didn't he? Yes, yeah, where he brought Brew Baker back out seven. there for the seventh. Yeah, so Brew Baker went seven. Um, so he definitely gave up six hits. He, so he he clearly went through the lineup a third time. Um, yeah, so I don't know why like he picks and chooses why like some sometimes he does it, sometimes he doesn't. Cause like this it's this seemed like an instance where he could have could have easily gone that one more inning. I fully believe I want to Oh god, I'm trying to find the game. Um the top of my head I'm thinking so. I'm trying to get to the box score. But like I felt like Thompson was pitching today better than what even Brubaker was pitching then. Yeah, I mean, Brubaker gave up six hits, two walks, seven strikeouts, three earned. I, I mean, like, what, what was the difference? That's a good point. Like, what was the difference in Brubaker's start opposed to Thompson's start? Especially yeah. when a lot of these relievers have had rest because, of course, well, Brubaker went seven. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, like, again, uh, not Stratton, but uh, Bednar hasn't been using how long and such. Uh, so like, like, I don't understand, right? Like, what was the difference in this start that he had to come out? One of those things, again, like the Shelton, yep. just we've praised him a lot this year for his in-game managing decisions. He's gotten a lot better with the bullpen usage today, wasn't it? It was not. Um, and then, and then you use Bednar just because he hasn't pitched in a week. So you go and you throw him out there for a meaningless inning when maybe you'll need him you know, tomorrow, which I mean, he only threw 10 pitches, so he'll be yeah. ready tomorrow, but, but uh, it just, it, it could have gone, it could have gone a completely other way. Um, and, and, you know, you, who knows what would have happened if they would have thrown Thompson out there for the sixth, but, you know, we're saying this in hindsight, but we were also saying it in real time, like, why isn't Thompson going out there for mm -hmm. the sixth? Um, and I mean, I can't imagine it would have gone worse than this. <laughs> right right yep yep so anyways anyways yeah um what, what else is there really to talk about Diego Castillo still struggling he made an error at short as well which that was just that was a big guy that's also something I want to credit Thompson to as well so that error was made now Marcano made some excellent plays today. And yeah, then he, so did Jack Sawinski. He had that, that diving catch in the first or the second for him? Uh, it was the – I think it was the first. I think it was two. I think yeah. that ended it, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was against Ozzy Albies. Yeah, I think it was the first inning. That makes sense. So yeah. there was some good defense there. But then like with Diego Castillo's just bonehead defensive play, like that was a routine grounder. He yeah, should have got. He didn't. And I mean, I won't. I won't harp on it. It's not as if he's bad. Terrible defense all year. So mm -hmm. sometimes it happens, right? Um, but then, right, the strikeouts that Heineman throws thirty yards over the first baseman's head that gets that on. Awesome. Like, like Thompson was put. Like he he didn't get a whole lot of help in that sense. Like there are situations where he could have been out of the game and he wasn't. 
So like even to that, he was pitching well. So I just also want to give mm-hmm. kudos to Thompson in that regard. But yeah, Diego Castillo does make that error, goes over three today. He's down to a 536 OPS on the season. Oh boy. I think it's time for a call up. Time for time for a call up. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it time? I think it's getting there. Yeah. Is that the move to you? Is it going to be? I think that's the move. Yeah. I just asked because there still is a Yu Chang on the team. No, I think I think Chang's the move once Yoshi or Van Meter comes back. Mm-hmm. Once either of them comes back, I think Yu Chang's the move. But I think I think when Cruz comes up, which hopefully is soon, Diego Castillo's got to be the move because then then you're going to be limiting Castillo's playing time opportunities anyways up here you right. might as well go ahead and he's been struggling so go ahead and put him in triple a give him every day at bats so he can kind of get back into the groove yep by no means am i giving up on diego castillo like he's still no. really young um i mean he's 24 and this was his first taste i mean he, had, he basically skipped triple a also um so i i'm i'm fine with giving him a little more time I think he can end up being like a solid utility infielder at some point. Right. I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's like an everyday player type of deal, but you know, I haven't given up on him totally. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is the fair assessment to him is that he would have been like a utility player. What happened in spring afforded him the ability to play in the major leagues and we wanted to see right. what he's going to be. I mean, again, much with all these young guys coming up, like play them so we can find it's a great year to assess what you have going for the future. So when he had that spring, hey, I mean, O'Neill Cruz should have been as well, but he deserved to be called up and let's see some more. And, you know, I think we're at the point in time where we've seen enough. Um, again, like you said, like I'm not giving up on him by any means. Like there's still other, there's still a lot that he shows that you like about him, like the peripherals or whatever. Like I know the numbers aren't really matching right now either but hey mm-hmm. he got some good development put him back in the minors take a little pressure off him keep him going and maybe gets a second taste of coffee the next you know the end of this year or something and maybe it clicks for him but i think like you said like he's a great candidate to me that let's just send him back down yeah. you saw let's work let's get every day at bats because it's time for cruise yeah. but um yeah just want to point that out another young buck though marcano i know We've all had our words, you know, about Marcano. Now, today's like a great example. Like he went one for four with three strikeouts. So it wasn't like this successful day, but he also had really good defense. And we saw good defense in the outfield from him as well. Yep. So we've we've dubbed him Cole Tucker Light. Right. Because basically he's even more of a slap hitter than Cole Tucker was. And he's a little bit smaller, right? Cole Tucker was six three, Marcano's six foot. So we've kind of labeled him Cole Tucker light. Now, mind you, he came out, hit those two home runs against the Dodgers. It hasn't been like that. But what I can say is the defense looks good, but it looks way better in the outfield than what Cole Tucker ever provided. So, like, he actually looks like the part where he can, at least with a glove, cement a spot in Major League Baseball by being a utility player because he's good defense everywhere. Yep. So the bat... Still cautious on, put it that way. But um, I mean, I've been pleasantly surprised still, regardless of what I'm seeing out of Marcano. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I tweeted it out a week ago. I'm in. I'm all in on Marcano now. I was I'm, I was yeah. wrong. I, I apologize to Tugapita Marcano and his family. <laughs> his family. It's like it's like the, it's like that the the Shaq meme, right? <laughs> yeah. Where it's like I'm sorry, I wasn't I wasn't aware of your game or something, whatever. Um, right. No, like I I I like him a lot. Like the defense, like you mentioned, has been spectacular everywhere he's been on the field, whether that be left field or second base. Um, I think he's holding his own at the plate. He, mm-hmm. he doesn't look overwhelmed by any means, right? When we were talking about Sawinski when he first came up and he at least looked comfortable up there, he wasn't like completely overmatched. You know, he had three strikeouts today, but everybody on the team had three strikeouts today. So yeah. I'm not going to blame him for that. Um, but like his well, overall strikeout I mean, rate, are. His, his overall strikeout rate isn't like alarming by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, right. he's getting some walks too. He's putting together good plate appearances. He's getting on base. He's hit, he's hit a couple home runs. Everything that Marcano has done since the second go around, right? He was up for a couple days earlier in in the year, and oh. this second go around, though, I, li- I like it, like what I'm seeing. Yeah, again, I need more, but I'm, I'm I do like what I see so far. Like that's why I, that's why I'm still optimistically cautious on him because I still look at like the entire body of game and have some worries and thoughts about Marcano as an everyday major leaguer. But so far what I'm seeing, and I know, again, he raked that last few weeks in Altoona. Uh, again, I've officially upgraded him, right? We said we went from Cole Tucker light. I officially upgraded him to Cole Tucker premium. Or I'm sorry, platinum. Cole Tucker platinum. Because Cole Tucker I, I think plus. right now, what's that? Cole Tucker plus. Oh, with platinum. Let's think of like the Bud Light theme. You know, Bud Light and you got uh, Budweiser platinum, I, you know? Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's a little stronger version now of what Cole Tucker right. was. So he's okay. like the 9% alcohol. Uh, but so like that's why I, Have you ever had that? Oh, it's terrible. Well, that's what – It's, it's yes. awful. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's a good so comparison because Cole Tucker was awful, and I still don't have high expectations. So, like, he's still yeah. Budweiser to me. It's just he's of the platinum variety and not the light. I'll drink Bud Light all day. Bud Light Platinum. But it's strong. I ain't doing that. Stuff. At least Marcano's showing he's got a little bit of strength to him where Cole Tucker. No, but that's where I'm at. I'm still very cautious on what he'll be. But what he's showing me so far, I feel like, and this is where I'm at, because I don't think we had high expectation for Cole Tucker when he got called up regardless. I feel that I can safely say Marcano probably could be what we wanted Cole Tucker to be. Not a good bat, but the glove plays everywhere and the bat like the bat's passable. If he can be that. I, I think I can safely say he's that. We're hoping he could be more, but I think it's safe to say he's a light-hitting, great glove that belongs in the major leagues. Cole Tucker, you you only way of belonging was if he had that glove elsewhere, and he never did. Well, also the bat was worse. So you're putting Marcano in like a – he could become like a, like a left-handed hitting Josh Harrison. See, I feel like that's even too high of a ceiling. All right, too high but of a ceiling? From, so like young, young Jay Hay before he yeah. had like that amazing year, right? Yeah, I feel, but we never. I guess the way of putting it is, we never expected that to come from Jay Hay. So like no. whatever expectations were of Jay Hay at this time, I feel yes, Marcano could be that. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean Jay Hay really took him like three years to start hitting, mm-hmm. four years even really. 
And it was like, he was nothing you know, as far as pro prospect wise for the Cubs, you know, like he came over yeah. here and like, you weren't expecting much from him. He was just that fast. His value was guy. That he, could, he could play a lot of positions. Yes. And he could be, he could do it. Okay. Right. He could do a bunch and of things. I, okay. Yeah. Right. And I feel like, I think we can safely say just seeing Marcano's game, as you mentioned, I didn't know about your game. Uh, he can safely be that. Um, one guy asks if we read comments. And so I'm going to go ahead and answer Dave's question of what yeah. are our, what's our take of Swaggerty so far. Um, so I didn't get to see yesterday's game. So I didn't get to see really what Travis Swaggerty looked like yesterday. Um, but uh, he didn't play today. I wish they would. I, don't know, I wish they would play him a little bit more. But so far, I mean, obviously there hasn't been a lot to like. Right. I mean, but through four games, he hasn't looked good by any means. Um, but it's also only four games. So I'm not really ready to come well, to any sort of conclusion yet. He's only started three of those, though, right? He's only started three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, he only started three. And then he was facing tough pitching, like in, in every game, too. Like he's facing right. tough pitchers so far. So I'm I'm willing to give him more time. I haven't really I, I can't draw a conclusion on on him through nine plate appearances. You know, mm. I'm the same way. Like we talked about this last night, actually, with Swagger coming off that. Like where Sawinski wasn't having the results, he looked comfortable with the plate. Right? He looked mm. he looked like he belonged. I'm not getting that vibe from Swaggery. You know, so like both had really non-existent. Was you know results in their first three games with you know Swinsky yeah. and Swagger, but Swinsky was going full count almost like every time we joked about it, how deep he was going to count, like how comfortable he looked with Swagger. I'm not getting that vibe yet, but again, it is just three games that he started. And right, Scooble, um, Max Freed, and then Strider yesterday, like it was three really strong left-handed matchups every single time that he went against. So I still need to see more from him. Yeah, I agree. Again, it's just going to be tough right now because they've got all these outfielders that they want to give playing time to. So it's going to be hard to like put him in the lineup every single day. I just wish they, right. you know, wish they would. Um, there's also a comment on here: Steelers fans will see another Super Bowl win before the Pirates get to one. Which I agree with that. The Pirates are not going to win another Super Bowl before the Steelers. I, I can guarantee that. Yeah, that's factually correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um we got anything else to talk about we've been rambling uh, as far as the game long. goes that's pretty i mean it's pretty much everything i wanted to nail on yeah the catching stinks <laughs> it's yeah it's just is what it is i mean the catching is um, gonna be bad until davis comes up yeah hopefully by june next year because we know it ain't gonna be april <laughs> um yeah Hopefully dave, he stays healthy <laughs> dave too also asking if we're going to do this after all games yeah we are now doing post game shows so yep yeah we'll be doing this after every game it may not be the two of us tyler might be in there it might just be one of us it might be some of the pbn guys so it's gonna be a mix of people but yeah we're gonna have a post game show after every game yep 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 Hopefully we have more fun ones. Uh, since we've come on, it's all L's. So again, I don't know if it's just the NS9 curse, right? Norse 9 was started in 2016. 
um, right after the Pirates were in the playoffs. So now North Carolina comes on to Pittsburgh baseball now and hasn't seen a victory. So sorry, guys. We need to do something for the first win. Like we need to have like a big celebration. So hopefully yeah. like tomorrow they win and we can just – we'll go all out. Off the champagne. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a victory. We'll get some we'll, – champ- do a little <laughs> champagne shower. Yeah, I like it. I have to put uh, have to put the uh, the picture in the background. That's what I'll do. I'll change my background to like Clint Hurdle getting yeah. getting uh, champagne all over him. Yep, yeah. I like it. All right. Well, then I guess we're gonna get out of here. Um, but as always, so tomorrow the Pirates do play. It's on Sunday. Um, One thirty-five start. Yep. Jose Quintana against Kyle Wright. So another pretty good pitching matchup. Kyle Wright seems to have. Uh, Put things together this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, like you said, another – it's a good matchup, like Quintana, although he's been struggling a little bit of late, but it's Quintana. So, if there's a guy that can maybe lock this down and get the Pirates their first victory since this last week, might be him. But, right, it's going against Kyle Wright. Another tough, tough matchup. Um, Over and under 13 strikeouts by the Pirates. Ooh. Um. Kyle Wright's another strikeout guy. He's averaging yeah. more than one in an inning. I'm going to say under 13 strikeouts tomorrow. Oh, hot take. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like yeah. it. All right. Good deal. Well, again, we'll be on after the game tomorrow. So check us out. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you guys.